Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Today, we continue our journey through this series entitled, When God Says No, Learning How to Suffer Well. Well, today we are actually going to be diving into a very specific story that I think is so foundational in understanding how to navigate through a no that God has given us. I'm going to read to you this story. So if you have a Bible, you can read along with me. It's in Mark uh, chapter 14, and we're going to do verses 32 to 42. Now, let me be clear. uh, This isn't necessarily going to be what I would call a sermon. In other words, I'm not going to be going verse to verse and just giving you... um, Uh, commentary or however you want to call it. Um, So I just want to be clear, we're reading this within the lens of the question that we're asking. So there are other things going on here that I'm just not going to get into. And that's simply just because we're reading this within a specific lens. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. He said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour may pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed and saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So here, what we're actually diving into is the greatest no that God has ever given. And that no was towards his son. I don't know if you caught it, but how many times did Jesus go to God? Three times, right? And of course, Jesus is God, but I'm just saying in this story, how many times did he go before the Lord and say, can you take this from me? Three times. How many times did Paul ask God, to remove the thorn three times. I want to start by just saying, to be very clear, don't assume that you've been given a no. Don't assume it. There is a season for you to pursue the healing, to pursue the breakthrough, to pursue the yes. There is a a heavenly fervency that is implanted in us through the Holy Spirit to contend for something. 
Because again, remember a couple, I don't even know when now, but we remember that this is not what you and I are experiencing within suffering is not God's intent. It's not God's design. Genesis 1 and 2, Revelations 21 and 22, 23. Whatever. I didn't even check it. I probably should have done that by now. But we know that what we are going through isn't aligned with what God actually desires for us. It's a result of the fall. It's a result of evil. It's a result of all these things. And so Jesus is in the garden and he pleads with the father to take this cup, that there would be another way. Now, to be clear, Jesus wasn't asking for God to not have forgiveness for sins for you and I. He was not asking God to change the plan and basically saying, God, you know what? This is too difficult. I can't do this. They're not worth it. No, that's not at all what Jesus was saying. Remember, the cross is the opinion that God has on our sin and also on evil and the suffering that you and I are going through. And so he wasn't asking in that sense. He was asking in the sense, is there a different way that you could make possible for this to happen? And the interesting thing is, as you can see from what we read, God said no. He ended up having to go to the cross. So I think there's something in here for you and I as we've been given our no or as we've processed this out. You see, I think the first thing Let me just uh, zoom into my notes. Sorry about that. You know, these aren't going to be the most pristine videos, and I'm okay with that. Because quite frankly, life is not pristine. So, where am I? There we go. So I think one of the things that we can come out of this story reading, if this is the no that God, the greatest no that God's ever given, this no was a yes towards you and me. You see, Jesus had to carry our sin. He had to carry our brokenness. He had to pay for it on the cross, right? If you're a Christian, you know what that's all about. But what's interesting in this is that for you and I, as we've been dealing with our own no, If nothing else that we get out of this story, not only the fact that the cross tells us God's God's opinion on our suffering, on our pain, on evil, on sin, but it also, of course, reveals his love for us. That's actually what I'm saying is that it reveals the love he has for us, the design that he has for us, where we are heading. It does all those things, but it also does this as well, and that is... When it comes to the suffering that you and I have to go through, it is incredibly isolating. It is incredibly lonely. You know, we've talked about this already about safe people and not having safe people and the process I'm sure many of you have experienced because again, I'm speaking to a specific person. You probably have experienced this where you share something and you're like, you know, this will be the time. I'll be a little bit more open. I'll say that scared thought that I have. I'll say that doubt. I'll say that circumstance. I'll tell them that story. And then you do that and you look at them and they and they are well-meaning people. They really are. And they just don't know how to respond. And so maybe they put a band-aid statement on it. Maybe they just look at you in silence. Maybe they just apologize. To be honest, if you're an onlooker, apology is probably the best way to go. Um, but 
All that to say, you walk away and you don't feel any more understood than you did going into it. Because ultimately, one of the desires that all humans have is to be understood. We have a desire to have purpose, to have belonging, to feel loved. And and another one of those things is to be understood. And I think specifically for those of us who have, are suffering and have been given a note, it's incredibly isolating. And there's something about that isolation that makes us feel like no one can ever understand what we are going through. And the reality is, to be honest, is there's actually some truth to that. Even from a psychological perspective, there are many theories out there when it comes to trauma. Because honestly, a lot of what we're going through is trauma. Um, they've shown that different people are, um, when can go through the same traumatic event and completely experience it differently because of biology, because of personality, because of life experience, because of so many different factors. And so you and I could go through the exact same traumatic event and the way that you experience it and the way that I experience it can be completely different. And so the way that we understand each other is so limited because we can only know our true experience. Here's what's interesting. When we come before the Father, when we come before the Son, through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we come to Him because of what who he is and what he has done for us in the cross and as we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, what he experienced. We are not the ones in the relationship with him who has a misunderstanding. What do I mean by that? You and I can never fully comprehend the weight, the heaviness, the injustice, the evil that Jesus experienced on that cross and in the days that came towards it. Think about this. You and I are broken. No matter who you are, you're broken. That doesn't mean that we deserve to suffer. That doesn't mean that we deserve to go through what we're going through, but we're broken. Jesus was completely innocent, completely perfect. And yet he went through the most brutal injustice, not only from a physical sense, but even from a spiritual sense because he carried our sin. God's wrath was poured out on his son. And so you and I, when we approach Jesus, when we mourn, when we lament, when we have silence and solitude, when we praise him, when we come to him with these challenges that we are facing and we are so isolated and so alone, we are not coming to someone who doesn't understand. We are actually coming to someone who fully understands exactly what we are going through because he is the one who designed us. He knows the emotions. He knows the thoughts. He knows the behaviors. He knows the relationships. He knows exactly how you process. He knows your metacognition. He knows all of it. And he wants to enter into it. He wants to sit with you in it. And so can I encourage you today that he understands you. You are not alone. And I know if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been told this your whole life. I'm, I'm sure of it. But really when it comes to suffering, you got to understand you're never actually going to be alone. It's a promise of his that he will be with us. He's entered into our mess. 
And again, this longing that you and I have to be understood ultimately can only be fulfilled in him. If I even look to my spouse, my best friend, my lover, Kara Lee, to understand what I am going through, there's only so much that there can actually be a connection and intimacy in that. It's not that that's a bad thing. Honestly, Kara Lee is obviously one of my safe people, and she gets me like no one else. And even with the way that she understands me and the way that she supports me and loves me through this stuff, there's still a limited understanding, just like how I have a limited understanding of what she is going through. And yet when I approach the father, he fully understands exactly what I'm going through. He knows. He understands. And this is the beautiful thing. When we come to him with that understanding... Maybe I shouldn't use that word, but when we come to him and we realize that this is true, that he is the one who understands us. And actually in this relationship, it's us that don't understand the weight of the injustice that he experienced. There is a peace and a security and this, um, this love that we receive in that moment. That's so, what's the word? Fulfilling. That when I come to Carolee, my safe person, and I process these things with her, it's still not with the desire to meet that need. It's still helpful. It's still obviously those things. But at the end of the day, when I'm in my good zone, uh, I'm already being understood by the father. And so when I come to Carolee to process these things and to mourn and to do these things, basically when I'm in him, there's something that helps me to be able to have a healthier relationship with her. And to be honest, when I'm not healthy and when I'm not seeking the Father and when I'm not giving it to Him and I'm not trusting Him and I'm not processing these things with Him, I can end up turning to her or to other people and try to have them fill something that only God can. Honestly, I think that's probably what I need to focus the next episode on. So I'm not going to say much more to that because I only got 50 seconds left. Um... But yeah, so today's episode is really just reflecting on the biggest no that has ever been given. You see, we are not the ones who, we are not the victims in this situation. There, uh, not that God is a victim, I'm not saying that. I just mean as in God understands our pain and he understands our no. He really understands it. And not only that, he created us, he designed us, he knows every hair on our head and he loves us and he fully understands how these circumstances and how these situations uh, affect us. And he wants us to do this with him. He doesn't want to leave us to our own devices. He invites us to process and to go through these things with him. Oh, would you be encouraged today to know that the father of all things loves you and he is drawn near to you in the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, would we come to Him today?